0: We are just days away from a very important decision. Uh, Who is going to be the next President of the United States? Will it be President Trump? Will it be President Biden? We do not know. But one thing I can tell you is that in two days, the entire country is going to decide that question. You and me, casting our votes, checking the box, and making our voice heard. Your vote matters. Your vote matters. And while the world is going to be waiting for the results of the upcoming election, the world is going to be waiting for that. God is actually waiting for the results of decision that you are going to make here today. And that's this. What kind of life are you going to live? What kind of life are you going to live? At the start of this series last week, I told you that the most important outcome Uh, that is important as this outcome is for the presidential election. This decision that you make today is more important than even that decision. The decision of the kind of person you want to be. You decide. You decide the life that you want to live. Every single day you make these decisions. Decisions that that add up to the person that you are. Last week we talked about the fact that you decide who you want to follow. Who are you going to follow? Will you check the box? Will you cast your vote for Jesus? Or will you take some other path? Hopefully, if you're here today listening, you have checked the box for Jesus. Or or you're investigating. You're on your way. You're trying to understand who Jesus is, and you want to check the box. But you're trying to understand what it means to vote for Jesus. Because I'll tell you again, your vote matters. You decide the life you want to live, and a part of that decision can be found in where you spend your time. You decide who you're going to follow, and you decide where you spend your time. You and I each have 24 hours in our day. 24 hours. Every single one of us. Not a second more, not a second less. We each have 24 hours in our life where we spend that time matters. Every minute we spend, every hour we spend, every day we spend, matters. Someone told me once that if you want to get a sense of a person, look at where that person spends his or her time, and where they spend his or her money. Where do they spend time on their calendar and in their wallets? When you look at that, it'll tell you a lot about a person. Well, when you ask yourself these questions, and you dig down for an honest answer, where do you spend your time? Where do you spend your time? You find that when you ask that question, you, make it, you look at the decisions you make of where you spend your time. That is going to deeply impact the person that you are. It impacts the person that I am. It impacts my core values. It impacts your core values. It, it impacts our attitudes. It impacts the actions that we take every single day. And over time, the decisions you make of where you spend your time, they add up. And they become the foundation, the bedrock, the foundation of who you are as a person. Now, speaking about foundations of who we are, our, our heritage, the American heritage, our history as a people, we have a lot of people in our history who are foundational to creating this country. If you're to look to the pages of American history, if you're to read through them, you don't have to look too far to find the name George Washington. You don't have to look too far to find the name George Washington, and next to this man you'll likely find a title, something like Father of Our Country. George Washington has been known as the Father of Our Country. He was our first president. He was an incredible patriot. His face appears on the dollar bill. It appears on the quarter. It's etched into the side of Mount Rushmore. Right, The name Washington is in so many schools, it's in so many towns, it's in so many counties across the nation. There's a state named after him, and our U.S. Capitol shares his name. George Washington, and the reach of his legacy, extends to us even today. Now, Several months ago, in the month of July, um, Disney released a full production of the Broadway hit, Hamilton. And for Christmas last year, um, I don't know if you've had the opportunity to see it, my family and I, we purchased for the kids Disney Plus, and so they released it on Disney Plus, and we were able to see it. Maybe you were able to see it. You are lucky enough to see it on Broadway before COVID had. But um, I encourage you, if you ever have a chance to see this tremendous show, please take a look at Hamilton, because it was an amazing, an amazing show. And one of the parts of the show that was incredible for me was the way author uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, he captures the essence of George Washington in a very creative way. And so the way he portrays Washington on the stage was impressive to me. And at one point, George Washington and Hamilton, they're talking back and forth. And George Washington is essentially telling Hamilton that he is not gonna run for president again. He's done two terms and he's not gonna run again. And Hamilton's trying to convince him that he uh, he should continue to run, but he's essentially saying, I've done two terms, that's enough for me. And according to the musical, the, the, the actor, of George Washington's, he says, you know, I have done too much, uh, the, the political uh, politics is getting to be too much, the partisan politics is too much for my taste, I don't like who I'm becoming as a politician, is how he portrays George Washington. And so there's this song in this great musical, uh, it's called One Last Time, One Last Time. And Lin-Manuel Miranda, he portrays Washington as a president, who wants to address the country and use his influence as the first president of the United States one last time, one last last time, to help set us up for success as a nation. And at one point in the song, he sings these memorable lyrics. He says, one last time, and if we get it right, we're going to teach them how to say goodbye. If I say goodbye, the nation learns to move on, and move along and outlives me when I'm gone. We are going to teach them how to say goodbye one last time. So he, he sets it up that he's going to try and teach the nation how to say goodbye so that, so that others can come on and others can, can take his place. Washington made a decision at some point in his life about the man that he wanted to be. He didn't like who he was becoming. The partisan politics, it was making him weary. History tells us this. If you are to read on Washington, it says that he didn't like who he was becoming as a partisan politician. So he decided to leave the public arena. He used his influence as President of the United States to teach the country how to say goodbye. And one last time, one final time, he would do that. And then he simply was going to step off the stage and find a simpler path that allowed him to be who he wanted to be. George Washington, husband father, farmer, and citizen of these United States. One of the lessons that we learn through the life of George Washington is that there is a danger. There is a danger whenever we step outside the boundaries of who we are and try to be someone that we're not. There's a danger when we step outside the boundaries of who we are and try to be someone that we're not. The Bible calls that actually hypocrisy. There's a danger in hypocrisy, and Jesus actually warned us that he saw this time and time again in the lives of the Pharisees and everyone who thinks too much of themselves. So this morning, I would like to turn to Matthew chapter 23, and we're going to look at the first 12 verses together. So we're going to look at Matthew 23, verses 1 to 12. If you have a Bible next to you, uh, hopefully you do, Uh, Maybe it's a physical Bible, please open that up and turn to Matthew chapter 23, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 12, or maybe you have uh, the app right there on your phone. Check that out and go to Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 12. And as you turn there, I'm going to pray for us this morning. Heavenly Father, speak to us, we pray. Uh, Lord, share with us uh, your wisdom about this and teach us, Lord, how we can be the best that we can be. As your disciples, we pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 12. Now, again, I remind you, at this point in the story, Jesus has been fighting with the religious leaders. He's been frustrated with them, he's been fighting with them, and they have tried time and time and time again to trap him and to divide people away from him because they are frustrated that that people are following him and they're not following them. And they can't keep Jesus down. They can't keep him down. Every time they ask him a question, he just kind of sidesteps and gets around them. And so now uh, they are kind of taking a back step, and Jesus is turned. Now he's addressing the crowds. And so in verse 23, we, we pick up verse, tw- uh, verse 1, chapter 23, verse 1, and it says this. Then Jesus said to the crowds and his disciples, The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example. For they don't practice what they preach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease their burden. Everything they do is for show. On their arms they wear extra-wide prayer boxes with scripture verses inside, and and they wear robes with extra-long tassels, and they love to sit at the head table at banquets and in seats of honor in the synagogues. They love to receive respectful greetings as they walk through the marketplace and to be called rabbi. Don't let anyone call you rabbi, for you have only one teacher, and you are equal as brothers and sisters. And don't address anyone here on earth as father, for only God in heaven is your father. And don't let anyone call you teacher, for you have only one teacher, the Messiah. The greatest among you must be your servant but those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This story could be the origin of the phrase that every parent has said at one time or another, do as I say, but not as I do. Right, that's what Jesus is saying here. That's what he's telling the crowd. Do as the Pharisees say, but don't do as they do. Don't do what they do. The religious teachers, they were teaching good things. Right, here's, here's the thing about them. They were teaching the law. They were the official interpreters of the laws of Moses. They were teaching the people how to have a relationship with God, what they were to do to have a relationship, to be in relationship with God. They were teaching about service and about humility and about how to care for each other. They were teaching all these things. They were teaching good things. And then they went and they did the exact opposite of what they taught. Their talk didn't match up with their walk. And Jesus was pointing this out to the crowds. And here's the point for us. Here's the point for you. Here's the point for me. Watch out for intentional hypocrisy in your life because it will be your undoing. Watch out for intentional hypocrisy in your life, it will be your undoing. Don't live like them, Jesus said, because they're living fake lives. They are without integrity, they make choices that actually hurt their relationship with God and hurt those people that they have around them. They might think that they're important, they might think that they're powerful, they might think that they have all the prestige or if they learn if they live today, Jesus might have said something like they might get excited about all the, the likes and the hearts and the thumbs up on their social media accounts, right But don't get caught up in all that stuff. Don't get caught up in all that. They might think that everyone likes them. But don't get caught up in all that. Don't fall for the trap. Find your value. Find your self-worth in God first. And let all the other stuff fall into place under your relationship with God. Get that part set first. Because these guys, these Pharisees, they weren't doing that. Is what Jesus is pointing out to the crowds and to his disciples. You know, as a pastor, there are different times when I'm asked to introduce myself. Um, depends upon where I am. Maybe I'm at a, at a luncheon, or maybe uh, someone's asked me to do an interview or something. They ask me, how do, you, um, how do you want to be introduced? And the organizers will ask me, and I'll always say, Doug is fine. Doug is fine. Why do I say Doug? Uh, because that's who I am. I'm Doug. Yes, I'm, I'm pastor of the church, but I'm Doug first, I'm just a guy who's learned to be on a journey of faith just like you. I agree. I understand. I've I've been trained to be a pastor. That's fine. But that's not who I am. I'm Doug, first and foremost. I'm a pastor. I'm flawed. I'm imperfect. I'm needy, just like you. We're all on this journey together. And it's very hard. I try very hard for me to present not a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do type attitude. Because as Jesus said in verse 8, we all have only one teacher and all of us are equal as brothers and sisters. Hypocrisy was a big issue for the religious leaders of the day, but it was also an issue for the people that God was speaking to, to the crowd and to the disciples. He was warning them, cut this out of your life if you see it in you. Hypocrisy rears its other ugly head when we try to make others believe something about us That isn't true. When we come off as being more righteous, more holy, more imperfect, more popular, more intelligent than someone else, we are being hypocritical. Hypocrisy is us being fake, and people can see right through that, and people are so done with fake. Right? We're all up to here with fake and people can see right through it. As I said earlier today, we all have only a certain amount of time in every day. It's the same amount for each and every one of us, and people want to know that the time they spend with you is real, that it means something. They they, They don't want their time wasted. And so here's my challenge to us today, my challenge to every single one of us. I want you to look at your calendar for the upcoming week. Look at your calendar for the upcoming week or maybe the next two weeks. But as you look at your calendar, look at your schedule and ask yourself, is there anything on my calendar that is lifting up or propagating or or, or building It shows a fake me? Is there anything on your calendar that shows a fake me? Is there something that you're planning to do this week that keeps you from being the real person that you want to be? Remember, you get to decide the life you want to live. So are you attending a function? Are you seeing friends? Are you going someplace or or buying something all in an effort to keep up some appearance, some facade, something fake that's out there that minimizes who you are inside? Because here's the thing. Whenever we do anything outside of who we are, anything outside of who we are made to be, Right? We, we know. We know that we're doing something outside of who we are. We know that something isn't right. It's like we're out of sync or, or we're out of rhythm. And we feel overextended. right? And when we feel overextended, we're not at our best. And in fact, when you're overextended, that's the perfect time for hypocrisy to slip into your life. Remember, hypocrisy is me trying to make you believe something about me that isn't true. That's what it was. That in, in the case of the Pharisees, it was the status symbol of having those big prayer boxes and they're carrying around and the tassels on their robes and taking the best seats at the places of honor. They needed people to believe that they were so important because inside they felt weak and powerless. They needed that from other people. In our lives, it's, it's when we fill our houses and our garages with the newest furniture, and the newest things, and the best cars, even though we can't afford it. And it's also at those times when people ask you, hey, how are you doing? And we say, hey, I'm fine, when everything inside of you is a total train wreck, when it's a mess inside. Jesus isn't looking for you to tell tell him how important you are or how you have it all together when you're not He wants you to admit that you don't have it all together. And from that decision, from that decision where you admit you need a Savior, God can do amazing things and He can help you be the best version of you that you can possibly be. When Jesus was speaking to the disciples and to the crowd, He challenged them about hypocrisy. He said, The greatest of you must be a servant, and those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Where are you spending your time? Because where you spend your time tells you a lot about yourself. And it tells you a lot about the person that you are becoming. Where do you spend your time? If you're looking for your true self, try serving someone. Try serving someone else. When you give to others, it touches something inside of us and it brings out the best in you. It grounds you and it centers you in a way that nothing else can ever do. And so if you want to be great, if you want to be great, and if you want to experience greatness within you, then you must first be a servant. Make sure the time you spend involves you being a servant. On February 22nd, 1862, the United States uh, Senate began a tradition that has been maintained every year since then. And it is the reading of George Washington's farewell address from 1796. And in that address, President Washington urged Americans. He said, I urge you to uh, subordinate sectional jealousies to common national interests. What does he mean by that? In other words, he said, we would be the strongest, the best version of ourselves as a nation if we would serve each other for the common good if we would subject ourselves to the service of others for the common good. What kind of life do you want to be lived? What kind of life do you want to live? Will it be a life filled with hypocrisy or a life filled with humility? Only you get to decide. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I pray for us as a church, I pray for us as a nation. I pray for us as a people, God, that we would understand the hypocrisy of our lives and we would seek to be humble and we would seek to have a servant's heart. Lord, when we see a need, when we see someone who doesn't agree with us, when we see an opportunity for us to serve another person, Lord, help us to find the decision within us to say, I am needy, I can't do it on my own. And allow you to work through us to serve those people in our lives. Lord, we are so grateful that you are our God, that you are with us every day. And so, Lord, we pray for us as uh, as your church. Be with us this week. Help us, Lord, to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This week, Lord, may the fruit of the Spirit mark our lives, every single one of us, to a person listening to this today, being a part of this service. Lord, may we be marked by the Spirit of God, the fruit of God, as the world looks at us in these next few days. We pray this all today in Jesus' name.